0: things, faith, life, and adulting. I'm Josiah Keneally.
1: And I'm Mike Keneally.
0: And we're your hosts and um, we take questions every week where we allow you as the listener to ask questions about faith, about life, about adulting, and we will just say thank you for all of the questions. We're doing our best to answer them. And um, you've done a great job keeping them brief and to the point and it's our Privilege, really, we get excited about doing this show. And um, if you would do us a favor, thank you for listening and subscribing wherever you're streaming. Would you stop, press pause, and go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review? That will help us reach more listeners with the message of FYI Podcasts. And feel free to share this with your friends as well.
1: Yeah, so like Josiah said, every single episode we unpack a question and we have plenty of questions to unpack. Um, Not to say that we have all the answers, but hopefully we can help point you in the right direction or just share some things that we've been up against in our life or that we've experienced, that we've come across to know that we are people just wanting to be the hands and feet of Christ and we're not perfect. You guys, we are not, but guess what? We serve a perfect God and we want to lean into the characteristics of who he is, how he wants us to live, and how we get to do that as young adults and as people and believers of Christ or not believers of Christ, if you're tuning in for the very first time and you're just checking us out. out. So the question today, Josiah, is I think a big question that many young adults are asking without asking it, right? They're trying to navigate like, where am I going? What am I doing? Am I doing things that are purposeful? Am I wasting my time? Am I utilizing the things that I have before me? Um, Are my roommates good influences? Are, Are bad influences? My decisions? Like, all those different questions are kind of going on, but the main question we want to hone in, where all these other questions I think can stem from or kind of leak out of, is simply this. I'm surrounded by people who aren't Christians. Do I have to move, question mark? Cut them off, question mark? And Josiah, how do you want to start just unpacking that today? Because no matter where we're at, we are going to come across non-believers people who are maybe not for us maybe they're a little against us or they don't understand us or we feel misunderstood if you're a Christian listening and you are in a secular um, role or you're in the marketplace and you feel like you're the minority in the sense of your relationship with Jesus and you feel like a fish out of water most days and you're asking the question am i really making a difference in this place like How can I go to work every single day and feel physically drained? How can I sit in this classroom for one more class when all my classmates are talking negatively about the things maybe I believe in? What do we do in that? Do we cut them off? Do we move schools? Do we move out? Do we pack our bags? Holy cow, what do we do?
0: This episode is for the college student who feels and has felt this feeling, I'm the only Christian on my entire campus. Hmm. This conversation is geared towards the young professional who's in my field in my workplace i don't have any christian co-workers i'm living in a roommate situation that is less than ideal mm. and i am new to a city i'm a freshman in the city now but i graduated but I got that piece of paper and now I've got my diploma, but I, I found roommates who are living a lifestyle that I don't agree with and I don't want to get in, sucked into that hole. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get going in the stream of that vortex. Mm-hmm. And so this episode is for that conversation. And it's interesting, Michael. we were just talking about friends mm-hmm. and I'm gonna start launching by just kind of defining and describing three different types of friends. And, you know, we all have that longing for connection. Right. We all all have that longing to know and to be known. Right. And there's these three types of friendships. Mm -hmm. One of them being, you know what, situational friends. Like my roommates, because of the situation that's called I live with them, (laughs) they're my quote unquote friends. I think the, the situation could be, I take the same schedule, so my cohort. Those are my friends. Mm -hmm. We spend so many hours today on the same job site or on the same project management team or in the same healthcare field that, you know what, we're basically all friends because we're so exhausted that we all go to a movie together or, you know, we're in the same situation. So that's the first type is situational friends. Because if honestly, if you were to pick your favorite friends to spend some quality free time Mm -hmm. with, if you got a day off, those aren't the people that you'd pick. Mm -hmm. but based on life circumstances you've had so much overlap that's the first is situational the second is actually seasonal friends like you know what for a season of my life like we grew up together you'll hear some people oh my best friend from high school is coming to visit or my college roommates are coming to town that season of life and then but the crazy thing is seasons come and seasons go they all have a sunrise and a sunset to them so seasonal friends it's like well yeah you were close in high school because of proximity of that season right and you all go your separate ways and yeah a part of you kind of stays the same and social media can help you stay connected to seasonal friends but it's like once you graduate high school or college or you know don't play softball anymore or Your season changes. Your friends need to change. And then the more rare, I think, is that lifelong friend. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. You know what? Like, maybe you didn't know each other your whole lifetime, but regardless of the situation, regardless of the season, they're a a friend through thick. They're a friend through thin. They probably helped you move a couple times. (laughs) They probably uh, showed up. They've probably seen you cry. They've probably seen you uh, pick your nose at a stoplight. (laughs) You know, like they've they've seen your moments, your quirks, and they still choose to be your friend. That's a lifelong friend. And so I think that we're surrounded by people who aren't Christians. Do I have to move? Do I have to cut them off? Um, That's a really good question. My follow-up question is, what does your friend group look like?
1: Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And I think one of my favorite quotes that I learned from one of my young adult pastors was simply this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I think that just goes to what you were just saying, like who are you surrounding yourself with each and every single day when it comes to your personal preferences of friend groups versus the ones that are built into your schedule without you having a say in it, right? Like, oh, I'm sharing a cubicle with this person at work. Oh, I'm sharing this dorm or this floor of my dorm with these people. But outside of those places and locations what are you doing with your free time how are you spending your free time and who is in that circle doing life with you each and every single day or several times throughout the week i think is what we need to ask ourselves and i would say you can surround yourself with non-christian people because guess what they're going to be everywhere Mm -hmm. and when i say do you have to move well Unless your life is heading in the same direction as theirs and that's a place where you don't want to be, maybe you do need to reconsider your situation, your your physical dorm situation, your roommate situation, your housing situation, and show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Are they drawing you closer to the heart of Christ or are they pulling you more towards the ways of the world? And I can speak into this because I've experienced that. I've been a part of the world and I've participated willingly in everything the world has to offer, whether it's partying, decisions, relationships. And I think I came to a crossroads when I was like, I was desiring to serve the Lord and understanding What's my role in the situation? What's my role in this friend group that I've been running with and going and knowing like, oh, Buffalo Wild Wings Thursday night, Ground Round is Wednesday night, Friday night's this. When you know all of the locations and where those people are going to be each and every single night because you know the menu and the the apps and the taps that are going to be available to you, that for me personally was a dangerous, slippery slope. And I remember just sitting there one day and kind of having the same old conversations with the same people, doing the same thing every week in and week out. And I was like, wow, this group is so, um, what's the word? It's so predictable. It's predictable to know what they're going to be doing, what they're going to order, what they're going to drink, what they're going to say, their work week. Like, it was fun for a season for me. Those were some seasonal friends. And I think the season needed a change had a change because of one thing. I said yes to a real relationship with christ and wanted to be on fire for what he had and what he was wanting to do and i I, this thought came into my mind i remember sitting there at buffalo wild Wings with a group of friends and they're all talking and visiting and i was like if i were to be in the hospital who at this table would show up and visit me two who would even know that i'm there and three would they even notice that i'm gone hmm and truly, you guys, when, when you go to that next question, do I have to cut them off? For me personally, I didn't have to cut them off because the moment I said yes to Christ and the more surrounding myself with more people who are living the lifestyle at Jesus Christ and following the characteristics that he, you know, poses in the Bible that we should want to exude is his hymn and the decision-making process that we have each and every single day and weekend of how we spend our time. Um, I think that was a moment that I realized... I didn't have to be rude and cut them off and cut them out because my expectations, my ambitions, my decisions, um, how God was calling me back to the heart of Christ and the heart of the church and my level of involvement, I was naturally pulled in a direction that they had no interest going. And with that, those friendships naturally faded away without... There was no bad blood or heart, hard feelings or whatever. Many of those people see where I stand today. They may acknowledge like who I am, but they may not acknowledge who I worship. They might not acknowledge that I'm walking with Christ, but they can acknowledge the fact that I'm a person. And I'm fine with that. But I didn't have to be rude and say like, because you're not following Jesus, you're out. No, 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 no. It's like, I feel like God's pulling my heart in this direction and I have two choices. It's kind of like a choice of two logs, right? (laughs) I can go left or I can go right. I can cross this river and, you know, step into what God has for me. Or I can still sit in the same mundane rut and see like a year later of these friendships. It's still the same. There's no more depth. There's no more width. It's just more conversations of the same thing each and every single day. So that's my personal experience. When you say yes to Christ, he takes you on a wild, fun adventure that you can really lean into and not cut people out in a hurtful way, people will naturally just phase out. I think of a majority of our life if we let those friendships sift through. So I don't know if that makes sense, Josiah, have you had anything to where you have some insight of maybe what the person needs? Like, what do we need if we're choosing to stay in the world, but not of the world? Yeah. And we're in those workplaces, those classrooms, those dorm rooms, and we're trying to live out our faith and we don't want to be like, be made fun of. We don't want to feel like we're that weird person and not fall into the trap of the world. But how do we prepare ourselves as individuals to be strong, to be focused, to be intentional and to love people where they're at, even when we feel misunderstood or maybe even exiled in a weird way?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that before I answer that question directly head on, which I will, there's one personal experience that I want to speak to where from growing up in a christian home from having a a heart for the lost and also then from being a pastor working at a church being on a college campus there is the reality that in my friend group Mm -hmm. it could easily become an echo chamber where it's all pastors Mm, it's all christian leaders so it's almost like the same thing but in reverse right and and i'm going here for a reason it's because If I'm not intentional about who I surround myself with it could easily be that I'm not interfacing with the lost nearly as much as I want to or I'm actually called to right because I want to see a generation know the goodness of God in the land of the living but unless they have someone to preach the gospel how will they hear it Right. unless they have a relationship how like with one Christian that they can trust, how can they ever have a bridge built that leads them towards the cross? And so I think in the bridge building process, I'm there's literally a next door neighbor that I'm praying for. Yeah. And I'm intentional about the conversations with, intentional about this summer, hoping to take him up on his offer on a round of golf. And so like for me, as somebody who is in the space of, wow, I'm working with a lot of people who are disciples. They're fully devoted followers of Christ. They're Christian leaders, maybe they're pastors or small group leaders. Okay, I need to get back out there to be in my community to be, because I have the hope of Jesus and I never want to forget what mm-hmm. it's like to be far mm-hmm. from God. It's good because I am brought near by his blood. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I would say to the person who is in my shoes, maybe where it's like I need to literally have an iPhone note of people I'm praying would step across the cross and into the kingdom of God. And to the person who maybe you feel like you're as far from what I just described and you feel like you're the only Christian in your co-working space, in your college or in your community, in your dorm room or in your apartment complex. like I would just say that really being intentional about praying Reading your Bible mm-hmm. and witnessing because I think that God's placed you there for someone in their life because likely right now the only Bible that some of them are currently reading is your life.
1: Oof. And what would that say about us? <laughs>
0: right? Scary thought. Right? And I hope that they actually do accept Christ. And i that's why I said currently. Mm-hmm. currently reading maybe they're a pre-believer maybe their home is pre-revival yeah and so this is what you also need a home church to be rooted in and if you miss last week's conversation we actually talked or maybe two weeks ago now like how do i find a home church Mm -hmm. that's important finding mentors pastors, small group leaders, golly community who will keep you accountable to help surround you. And these are the two pictures that I get. And go with me on this for a second because they're both animals. <laughs> the first is from a movie. Do you know that movie, Micah? The Jungle Book. The Jungle Book. And Mowgli is a fun character in The Jungle Book. And in the newest one, the recreated one, he says, the strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I'm also reminded of Animal Planet, where there's always that, you know, group of gazelles that's running. And then all of a sudden, one of them gets distracted and like, boom, and that's when the lion gets them.
1: They get picked off.
0: They get picked off because when they're together, like... It's hard to get someone, like it's a moving target and they're all together, which one do I choose? But when one's by itself, and I think that there is a very real Mm -hmm. enemy in this present moment who came to steal, kill, and destroy and bring darkness, discouragement. Defeat. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that for us to recognize who's our crew that we're cultivating, who's our squad that we're strengthening, because our squad is going to keep us strong. They're going to keep us uplifted in, in our walk with God. And they're actually going to join their faith with ours. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of godly community. And so I would pray great Christian friends into your life. And I hope you are as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's so good. And I think when, we, when we're when people that are just processing what God wants to do in our, in a season of life that you're currently in, if you're listening and you're just like, wow. I'm in a place where I'm literally the only Christian. Well, you know what? God has placed you there for such a time as this. Good. Be the hands and feet. Love people where they're at. Love them for who they are. Love like Christ would love them. And nobody, I, I think people feel loved when we inquire about them, right? Asking questions. Good, oh my gosh, well tell me about your life. Why do you fill in the blank? What do you like to do for fun? Like When you ask questions, people lean in because what do we love to talk about? All humans love to talk about themselves. Even the most shy person can answer a question, right? And even the most talkative person can hopefully listen. And so I believe that God has put you... Where you're at for a reason to make the best of it. And if you're listening, you're like, hey, I'm in a relationship. I'm in a, a dorm room situation. I am not safe. These, these non-Christians, um, maybe you're living a rowdy life and I'm afraid I'm going to go down that path again. Like if you have those cautions, if there's little pink flags in your some of your lifestyle choices right now, they're probably going to be red flags later on. So address those pink flags. Maybe the roommate situation isn't the healthiest. Okay, well, next semester, maybe you need to rethink Think that, okay, moving out of mom and dad's house, okay, how do I do that well and who do I move in with? And it can be anything, you guys. So just thinking and praying is essential when you are leaning into, like, do I move? Do I cut them off? Listen, you don't need to cut people off and out. It's just a matter of, Lord, can I invite them in? You know, I think so many times the world invites us in, but are we as believers or people who are trying to figure out a faith, are we willing to invite people to our table instead of being only invited to their table? Create opportunities for them to understand why you live the way you live, why you process things and pray the way you do, why you don't participate in things. You don't have to say, I believe in Jesus and you all choose these things. No, you don't have to be aggressive. You can simply say like, you know what? you know what? That's a lifestyle I'm just choosing not to live. And if there's ever a weekend that you want to join me playing sand volleyball with this group of friends, I'd love for you to come and be a part of it. So the opportunity of an invitation is huge, and the gr- the pull and the gravitational force of the world is a lot more inviting and enticing at times than the ways of the uh, ways of the the Bible and the ways of Jesus Christ Himself. And I'm not saying that that's true when we come to those decisions, like we are going to feel that tug of war. And sometimes when it comes down to that tug of war, we need to choose um, what has to stay and what has to go. And it's not always people. Sometimes it's a thing that needs to be cut out of our lives, not always Mm -hmm. a people or a move or physical removing of situations or whatever. But if you're listening today and you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't even know who this Jesus guy is. I don't even know what they want, what they're talking about. I don't even know. Animal Planet, Gazelles, Mowgli, what? I don't I'm lost. Okay, if that's you, you're lost, or you're leaning in, saying like, "I want to know more. I want to know about this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. How do I become a better person? Listen, the best person that we can emulate our life after is Jesus Christ Himself, who was fully man, fully God, came down to earth, died on a cross for us, buried resurrected after three days, and paid the ultimate price, which the penalty would and should have been our death on that cross. So, Josiah, how can they get involved if they want to say yes to Jesus or just find out more about who this person is?
0: Yeah, finding out more about Jesus, you can let us know at www.fyi-podcast.com. And there are resources available to you. There's a prayer that you can pray in your own words in your heart by admitting that you're a sinner. Believing in the Savior and confessing and forsaking your sin. And then there's next steps. There's resources. So if you communicate with us and let us know, we'd love to help you find a Bible, a local church, a campus ministry, if that's your season of life, and ultimately godly community. And look, there's thermostats and there's thermometers. And all thermostats, what they have in common is they tell the temperature in a room. I think that God's calling you, if you're listening to this, to actually be um, not just the thermometer that reads the room, but it's actually the thermostat that sets the temp in the room and changes every environment, creates a new culture, Mm. a new temperature, raises the temperature spiritually in every room that you go into. And that's what's at stake here. And um, Proverbs really communicate three types of people, wise people, evil people and foolish people. And to to get very specific on if I'm surrounded by people who aren't Christians, do I have to move or cut them off? Specifically, if they're wise people, if they know Jesus, they're wise. Like that's the beginning of wisdom. So it doesn't apply to them. But if they are foolish, meaning they just don't know any better. I don't think you need to cut that person off. You might need to move, but if they are downright evil, if they are what proverbs would say an evil doer that's a person to cut off that's a relationship that you don't need to entertain anymore Mm -hmm. that might be a situation to move out of if it's wise you don't need to move foolish it it's a maybe it's almost like red green and yellow Mm -hmm. a stoplight green light is the wise people Yellow light is the foolish people because (laughs) hopefully you can point them to the wisdom of Christ and the knowledge of God. But if it's a red light of foolish people, you do need to make some adjustments and changes Mm -hmm. and God will set the temperature in the thermostat of your own heart to let you know. And so if you have a follow-up question about godly community or anything with faith life or adulting let us know on instagram as well as fyi-podcast.com until next time this is josiah and micah saying chat soon